Welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. I'm Joey Roberts. What, what became obvious is that sometimes sellers, when they start to have some success, they stop doing all the day-to-day stuff, and there's so much outsourcing going on that they stop that like maniacal, how do I cut a penny, cut a penny, cut a penny, cut a penny, cut a penny? How do I get more out of, out of each person on my team? They stop driving their business. And in driving your business and finding all those efficiencies, well, that's what's going to create the number, the EBITDA number to which the multiple, you know, you get on your exit. Justin Cobb, welcome to the Fearless Sellers podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You are the ultimate entrepreneur, CEO and founder of Carbon6. You're known as the SaaS aggregator in the Amazon selling space. We're going to dig into all things Justin today. All right. Look forward to it. I think Elon's probably the ultimate entrepreneur, but I appreciate the kind words. All right. Ultimate entrepreneur in the <laughs> Amazon selling space. Perfect. <laughs> so speaking of being the ultimate entrepreneur, you think big. And I've always seen this about you from the day I met you, just having our first conversation. It's like, man, you think bigger. And it inspires me to think bigger. Where does that come from? Um. I think it comes from a lack of of things coming easy to me when I was younger, and and a combination of that, um, and where I grew up. I, I grew up in a small town, and and, and I I lost my voice, so I don't generally sound like a a musky lounge singer, but it'll be fine. <laughs> I grew up in a small town in Connecticut, um, fairly wealthy town on the water, and we weren't wealthy. We we did well. We were we were we were fine. Um, but we lived you know five six miles north of the beach, kind of like on the town line, North Madison. And um, and I saw a lot of a lot of people that had done really really well, you know. Ah. Um, and uh, kids that were getting BMWs at sixteen and Porsches at sixteen, and and my parents did a good job in not not giving me anything and really making me work for stuff. Um, but I saw a lot of winning around me, right? Um, I loved sports growing up, and I wanted to be a baseball player. And at 12, I was really good for a 12-year-old. And then when you turn 13, the field gets bigger because theoretically, you know, you're supposed to grow and go through puberty and get bigger. Um, but I didn't get any bigger. And even as a freshman uh, in in high school, I weighed 86 pounds. Aww. But I love sports. Um, yeah. Ended up wrestling because it was weight classes, and I won a state championship as a junior after being terrible. I was 1-19 my freshman year. Only went out for the team because it was the only sport that was weight class based, right? Um, but there was this, there was this. I was always competitive. I always wanted to do big things. I always wanted to be great at stuff. And there were, and but there was more successful people than me around me, right? Um, and that created, I think, a tension inside of me that that where I had to do more than average, right? And then I think that what happened was I was lucky enough to have a bunch of mentors um, in my twenties. Uh, people that just thought way bigger than I thought. Nice. And it's so uncomfortable in the beginning to throw these big goals out there because what if I what if I don't achieve them, right? Then I'll, I'll fail. And the bigger I the bigger I aim for, the bigger the gap will be, the more disappointment there'll be if, if I don't get it. Um, but the people I was around um, that were great mentors to me, and I'll get into a little bit about of that um, later, um, uh, they just, they made it really comfortable to think big. And it was just this concept of you have one life, why not just go for it? Right? Like, why not? Why not just go for it? Yes, exactly. You just go for it. You have one life. Yeah, and 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 to have no regrets. And you know, the the 
I remember a, a study came out where they were talking about people on their deathbed and they asked them what, what their biggest regrets were. And, and it wasn't, it was, it's almost never things that they did. They don't, they don't say, I wish I didn't make this mistake or that mistake. It's almost always, I wish I went for it. Like, I wish I took more risk. I wish I'd opened up that business. I wish I'd made that move to that other country. And, um, you know, I was, I was 27 and I'd never been out of America other than I think Canada when I was like 18 to, you know, cause the drinking age was, was different. And I, I got a passport when I was 27 and moved to England. Um, like the, that night and expand my business, you know, and, and just started moving all over Europe. And, and it was just, it was wild, you know? And, and I think that what happens is as you reach new heights, you realize it unlocks like a new level of dreaming and, and thinking. And, and, you know, like ultimately if you're going to think, you might as well think big. And I think that what you realize is that when you were, when I was a kid and I looked at these people that were really successful, it was like, how do they possibly do that? Yeah. And a lot of it was just because they just fucking went for it. Yes. And everyone else thought the barrier of entry was way higher than in actuality it really is. Yeah, and sometimes, though, it's like, just go for it. Just do it. But it's like, you are actually a really good mentor to getting business owners to think bigger. I mean, you're doing that with Carbon 6. Like, how can, how do you have that special gift and what is it you're saying to these business owners to get them to think bigger I, I think it's I think it is um I think it's demystifying what it takes to be successful one of the things that I've loved and I'm you know uh, pretty new to Amazon just over two years um, but have been helping and training entrepreneurs my whole life and and I was a really bad employee um, really bad and then and then when I started working for myself I realized I was, I was pretty good at working for myself and when I helped started teaching other people how to have success and work for themselves like that unlocked a part of me where I was it was it was it was helping them and helping me it was like this infinite loop of just you know every day is an awesome feeling um, and 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 I think that demystifying what it takes like what why is that person further ahead and and a lot of people if you didn't grow up around entrepreneurs then you know maybe maybe a lot of a lot of adults will say they were just lucky or you know they're right. it's because they're good or their family or or it's not a, right it's almost, it's difficult as a, as a, I imagine it'd be difficult as a parent this wasn't my parents at all but I know it's a lot of people's parents it'd be difficult to uh, uh, say the reason why they're more successful than I am is because they did better they worked harder they had a better attitude they were a better student they read more they went for it more so a lot of times what happens is is I think that that we explain to the youth in the society, in society the reason why is something outside of your control. Right. The problem is, you know, your mother, your father, your your color, your religion. It's it's your background. And it's not your fault. And so I think just demystifying that. What I love about Amazon sellers is that you know, as it, it's it's a challenging space, but people people can become unbelievably successful in it in a really short period of time. Yes. But they have to be incredible students. Right? They have to be great at learning. Yes. They can't be married to bad ideas. They have to put their ego away. They have to really focus on getting unlearning the business and learning all the nuance. They have to be willing to take some risk and go for it because there's investment. They have to learn how to deal with failure because there's lots of it and have a great attitude. And those components of success, work ethic, attitude, being a good student, that's that's what produces it. And so once you remove everything that's outside of someone's control and you and someone realizes I control how high I can fly well that's a really good starts to get fun because now it's up to me I can I can paint my own picture I can do whatever it is that I want to do and I think that helping people unlock that is is 
one of the best feelings I've found on earth. It is. That's incredible. And I love your approach to it. And for entrepreneurs and business owners that are listening, Amazon does move so quickly. And, you know, my business moved fast. It went from zero to like 1.2 million in 12 months. And it moves really quickly. Thank you. And it moves fast. And that does leave a lot of opportunity for error. And let's be clear. You're in business. I'm in business. We are all in this to make money. Yes, there is passion and there is rewards that come with it. But if you're running a business and you're not profitable or you're not watching your margins, then you have to take that 360 view of your business really quick, especially as an Amazon seller, because you can get left behind quickly. So what advice have you learned through your entrepreneurship? Is it, and especially because we're going into that second half of 2023 yep. for business owners to, yes, they're, they're already taking action, they're implementing, but to take the step to be more profitable or to turn around? Yes, I think, you know, in, in the side of the business um, that we're in with software, um, with tech in general, this has come like a, like a, like a bag, like a bag of bricks over the last 12 months, right? It went from growth at all costs, just grow the top line. You can burn money forever to efficiency. As the money has gotten more expensive to lend, as rates have been going up, it's harder to finance the future revenue that comes from customers. And you saw, um, like, you know, all the big companies, uh, Zuckerberg came out and he cut whatever it was, 20% of the mm-hmm. staff, and the, and the share price shot through the roof because they became profitable. Um, and, and, and so like in tech and software, you just for, you just been forced to do it. You know, a year ago we were burning a considerable amount of money. The market changed. Now we're profitable. Um, we have to be, it's just the way of the world now. And it makes it makes you way more efficient as a business owner because now you're forced to look at every person who's, who, who, who you're working with, you know, economics, uh, on that, <coughs> excuse me, All good. um, every decision you're making. And you're forced to look, and you're forced to look at the pennies, and you know we were um, at a at a mastermind recently, and uh, what what became obvious is that sometimes the sellers, when they start to have some success, they stop doing all the day to day stuff, and there's so much outsourcing going on that they stop that like maniacal. How do I cut a penny? 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 How do I get more out of out of each person on my team? They stop driving their business. And in driving your business and finding all those efficiencies, well, that's what's going to create the number, the EBITDA number to which the multiple, you know, you get on your exit. You're listening to the Fearless Sellers, the women of Amazon podcast. If you like what you're hearing, click the subscribe button. We have new content coming out all the time and you don't want to miss out. And to that point, when I was importing, some of my products were coming from China and I had a little workshop where I was modifying the products. And I'm not kidding you, I would sit there with a timer and I would time them to make sure that they had 12 minutes to get the product modified, rewrapped, put perfectly in the box, and the box get ready to go on the pallets. Because if they're taking 15 minutes and they're only going to be making you know, 200 units that day when I need them to be making 240. And it costs a lot of time and it costs a lot of money. And if they're not making their products and it's like, well, now we all have to work on Saturday and I have to pay everybody for Saturday. So it's it's not going back to your point. It, it was like 
not necessarily about pinching the pennies for me, but it was just being so efficient. And especially with my time, like I didn't want to be sitting in there timing them, but I wanted to be able to trust them and know, but nobody cares about your business as much as you do. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's it's why it's way more enjoyable to go into a restaurant that's like a mom and pop than a chain, right? Yes. That's so true. Yeah, or like more fun to stay at like a local Airbnb, like a like a, a a bed and breakfast sometimes than it is like a big chain. It's just the closer to ownership that it is, the better the the better it's going to be in every direction. Is that part of what inspired you with Carbon Six to bring together people who were already running their software companies? Well, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think. Um, Look, also, I wasn't an Amazon person, so I had I'd moved to Puerto Rico a couple years ago and uh, was gonna was gonna I, I shouldn't say retire because I, I still have other other businesses and people I coach, but but kind of take it easy, ah. take it easier, and uh, and 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 saw a huge opportunity. Really, I met a bunch of Amazon sellers um, in my neighborhood. They were all younger than me. I thought that was interesting, um, and and as I got uh, into it, and and that was when the aggregators had really started. And all those people had sold their businesses to aggregators, and they had all happened to do worse after they sold the business, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I wasn't an Amazon person, and and the, the long story that goes into where we got the idea for Carbon Six, but we got the idea that the first fundament that we had was we're going to keep all the founders, we're going to de-risk what we don't know as much as possible by keeping all the founders with us, um, because our view was that um, you know my co-founders are both. Harvard Business School guys, um, you have MBAs from from Harvard. I think a PhD in Amazon is infinitely more valuable, right? <laughs> I love it. I love those guys, and but I told tell them that you know more often <laughs> than I probably should. Um, and 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 that and just and, and the second part to to your question, yeah, it's, it's about keeping that energy and and keeping as much founder energy in the business as humanly possible, because um, I think that that is it's just contagious. You know, we have. Uh, just over 20 people in Carbon Six, um, at last count, that haven't had a job, uh, haven't worked for anybody in in you know five plus years. Right. Yeah. And now they are essentially employees, but they're still entrepreneurs. Yeah, I mean, I tell them what they're not, right? So like Robert and Lee from Sound Investigators, they both had their 50th birthdays. Hopefully, they don't mind me saying that um, last year, and I think they both said like I haven't had a job in 20 years, and they call me boss and stuff, and I'm like, no, like we're we are partners, and like I we want to make sure that it does not feel like that at all. Um, and I think what, what you get is you just get a, you get a lot more feeling of ownership. And one of our core principles is we say we all own carbon six, and um, you know, like both in a literal sense in terms of equity, but just just that that mentality of you know that th- everything is important because it's yours, and and whether or not you know whether or not somebody um, uh, is the entrepreneur with the brand listening to this call, or if it's one of their workers. That mentality is a mentality that it takes to win anyway. So whether it's yours now or it's going to be yours later, um, it needs to be the mentality of now anyway. And it is unique because people who are selling their brands or their software, their company, normally they want the check and maybe they'll stay on transition or stay on for six months. Yeah. But here you got a lot of smart people and entrepreneurs who were scaling businesses totally. to join forces with you. And, and so yeah, I told you the original, right? Oftentimes in life, why you're originally excited about something doesn't end up being the main reason why it turns out to be 
a good idea um, in the end. And what 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 even more than the founder energy is just our product room, right? So you have this is twenty plus entrepreneurs, and we've paired with tons of people in the community. Um, we're just very confident that the room of people that we have has more experience, has 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 more experience and is able to make better decisions on what we should build for sellers than any room that's ever existed before. Wasn't the original reason why we did it? It was you know, tangential to the first point of we wanted to keep people in the room that knew what they were doing. But we, we thought of it more as they know how to run these individual businesses, so we'll keep them involved so these individual businesses don't do what's happened in some cases with the aggregators. And I want to be clear, uh, um, um, aggregators have, have been amazing for the industry, but in some cases they bought businesses and they've gone down, right? Right. And we wanted to prevent that from happening. The net effect, though, and the biggest positive has just been um, – just the ability to put a bunch of incredibly smart people in a room and 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 argue out on what we should build next and how, you know, not just even just building, how we should attack the community, who we should partner with, decisions we should make. And when we view, me and my other partners, the non-Amazon people, the non-native Amazon, Amazon people, um, our job is just to help adjudicate those conversations and not screw it up. I love it. So yeah. you're, you've built this ecosystem of software for Amazon sellers. And then within the ecosystem, it's all coming together. So all Amazon sellers at the enterprise brand level too. I mean, anybody who is selling on Amazon can just come in and have the perfect suite of tools and everyone's connected. And now, because all the tools are connected, you also have some of the most brilliant minds in Amazon that are all partnering together to make up Carbon Six. We think so. It's incredible. I want to say congratulations. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. It looks like a lot of fun. Y'all look like you're having fun. We have a blast. In fact, in fact, uh, the few, a few. I think there's one founder that didn't come with us. There were two others that sold, and they were going to walk away, and they now work in the company. Like they, they've come back. They went, they went out and said, "We want to come back." And Doesn't that make you feel good? Yeah, it's fun. I, I think, you know, it's really fun. You're good at investing in people. And a lot of companies that are growing and have employees, it's, you know, it's kind of like cliche, but it's like it, it comes from the top down and you have to treat people right. And instead of treating them like employees, you're treating them all like partners and giving them a say in the business. You're not controlling yeah, one, one of my, I mentioned earlier, one of my mentors out of my 20s, actually a gentleman, uh, Jesse, that I worked with when I moved to the UK. Um, when I met him, I was very I was a very small part of his business. I was less than 1% of his business, let's say, in terms of our business partnership. But he treated me like I was I was his partner from day one, and I felt in. He, he, he told me more than I, you know, why is he telling me this? He was so open and so, and so transparent and so honest. Um, that you never had to worry. I never had to worry about. I never. There was never trust issues. I, I. I always had context, and so what we try to do is make sure that we share everything we responsibly can with everybody in the company, so that they. So that it's we're all marching to the same place, and everyone has their unique place in it. But we're all going to the same place, and I think that, yeah. You know, the. I mean, just you can. You can. You can kind of go top down with fear. Right, mm-hmm. and and that'll that that'll work cause to some degree because people don't want to lose their jobs, and you end up with like a really unhappy work environment where people are constantly looking for jobs, right? 
in a remote company, it's very dangerous because what you'll end up actually end up with is a bunch of people who you think work for you solely, but they actually work for two other companies too. Totally. So it's like the top-down ruling by fear is infinitely less effective remotely than it was in an office. Um, you know, or you can lead by being in it with them and and have everyone feel like we're in this together. And I don't, you know, do we get it right every every second of every day? I'm sure no, but that's that's the north star. Like it's it's not, you know, with my kids, I have I have. I mean, I knock on wood. I'll probably say it next week. I've never said because I'm your dad, and I said, and so, I said so. And I said that so. is the worst. I've never said line. it. And I'm sure I'll say it. I, I think I may have said it and took it back and like explained it. Well, kids are resilient. You can take it back. But but like it's it. You deserve an explanation. You always deserve yeah. an explanation, and any punishment is never because I said so. It's relatable to what happened. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. it just has to be relatable the same thing it's like there's a power dynamic yes you, you have leverage you can tell your kid do whatever i want you to do because i said it you deserve no explanation go do it and they have no choice because they're powerless because they don't want to they don't want to lose their ipad they don't <laughs> always come back to the ipad these days they totally. don't they, they want to go outside whatever you can do the same thing with your employees and and you can, to some degree there's, there's you you can just say do this shut up and do this you deserve no explanation and I think that um, people think that power is getting leverage and using it. And I think that power is having leverage and not using it. Right? Yes. Because, I agree. because, be, and, and not that power is the goal, but, but, but impact and like true influence is going to come from people knowing that you're going way further than you need to because of respect. Yes, because control and power is really about fulfilling your need for power in the moment. Right. You're not actually changing and shaping. And I mean, let's be real, doing your job as a parent. Totally. It's taking, it's also taking a shortcut. Now, and, and like the word power, right? So, so you do need the power in the sense of you need your kids to listen to you. Because you're going to know better than them, so maybe power is not the right word. Leader, you're you're supposed to lead them. Influence is probably a better word. Like you need to re- retain the influence, and and it needs to be because they want to listen, right? Right. So employees, your partners, they have to want to they have to want to listen, not because they're forced to listen. Yes, and you shouldn't fight to win a fight, right? Isn't that there's something about that? Yes, too. A, that's a total loss. Yeah, yeah. What, another another one of our. Um, and we've copied this from a bunch of other companies, but the concept of strong opinions loosely held. Yes. Right. And and that and that you're like a, a a a. It's funny. I mean, you look at politicians, right? And they're not allowed to evolve. Like they're not allowed to change any opinions they've had. If they say something today that they didn't say when they were twenty, they got called out for it. Yeah. Right. And and like that that, and, and that is some I, people's idea of leadership. You know, the president that that that's that's one of the places that young people look to to see powerful, to see leaders, to see people that have influence. Um, and it's, it's really dangerous because the dynamics that they live, in, it's a terrible job, but the dynamics they live in is they get punished if they evolve and have a new opinion now. And, and really great leaders are able to say this thing I felt so strongly about. And I and I sat in here and fought until I was red in the face about you're right. You're you're you raise this new 
perspective I haven't seen. You're totally right. I'm totally wrong. We're going to 100% go with your idea. Yes. I love that. And entrepreneurs get to do that. I mean, that's yeah. why we're entrepreneurs. And we all sit in a room. It's like, well, I definitely don't know everything. Right. And that's why I got to be in rooms with people like you so I can continue. Vice versa. To, thank you. Continue to change some of the ways that I think, too, because I'm trying to evolve. And you and I are the same age. We figured that out last night. We're like, we're a year apart. One of us is a year older and it's not me. But next year we can legally drink in the States. Yes. It's going to be so exciting. <laughs> I can't, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> but it is kind of looking at, like, this is why I love social media right now is because I get to learn from, like, we're at SellerCon, like Gracie, watching her get up on stage and awesome. teach about influencers and things that I thought about TikTok and other platforms. She completely changes the way that I think. And then I can have her on the podcast and be like, hey, thank you for helping me change my view. Awesome. That's, yeah, that's growth. Great. Yeah. It's personal growth. So along the, the lines of fear and how you have learned to be fearless, you go big. I mean, you raised $66 million to build Carbon 6 before you had even acquired a company, I'm guessing. We made some acquisitions. Okay. We raised uh, before the 66 total of, I don't know, 11 or 12. And then we went out and did the Series A and got a, yeah, some that's a debt facility and got the, got the, yeah, it's a big number. I mean, that turned a lot of heads in our industry. Like, turned my head. I was surprised. <laughs> the term sheet came through. We were sitting in London. It was me, Kazi, and Nassim. It came through. And I was like, wow, really? I called them. I called the, our investor and said, are you, this is right? He said, yeah, that's right. I mean, I think, look, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's wild. Um, and, and, and to go back to, I think it's like Tim, Fer Tim Ferriss that has the, he says, like, to be fearless is to fear less rather than to be fearless. I think that's like one of his podcasts, yeah. maybe. Um, I think, uh, like, a healthy amount of fear is good, you know? It's, uh, I, think, I think that that that's an important driver, the fear that there's going to be somebody else. There's going to be, you're going to have regret, the fear of regret, the fear of not, not maximizing your potential, the fear of, of letting people down. I've had a lot of people I really care about invest in Carbon 6 before the institution round. And I lo we love our institutional investors and we respect, respect the heck out of them. Um, the early round, like in the early seed round, we had a bunch of friends and family. And, and there's deep fear about not coming through for them, you know? Yes. Um, but I think, it's, I think that there's a difference between pressure and stress. And to me... And, and it all, you know, they're both kind of, there, there can be, there's a fear aspect to stress, which is I, I have this situation and I don't know, it feels out of my control. I get a bill in the mail. I remember being a kid. I had a $150 cell phone bill. I had like 15 cents. I got the bill. I didn't even want to open it up. I just like threw it away. And then my cell phone got cut off a couple weeks ago. Because you're scared. Stress. Because I don't have control over it. Mm -hmm. Pressure, I think, is, is good. And I think you need to put performance pressure on yourself to be at your best. I think that is... I know this is a big moment, and this is a big situation. There's a lot riding on this, but I, I, so I, 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 but I know how to put one foot in front of the other in the situation. I know that I know what I need to do in the sequence. I know how to do it, and I just have to attack that. I think that anybody who gets good or great at anything puts enormous amounts of pressure on themselves, enormous. Um, and 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 this goes back to the understanding, demystifying that it is, and that success is within your control. 
And once you realize it's within your control, now you're just putting pressure like on that system. You're just putting pressure on, on giving the best effort, and and the the outcome is still you know the outcome is still scary because the outcome is not it's not a, there, there's it's it feels outside of your control. But if you're constantly living in the world of I'm going to control the ever living shit out of what it, what can be controlled every second of every day and becoming more efficient, then you start to feel a sense of control over the situation. And that pressure is still there, but it, but it, but it, but it, it dominates the fear. Fear is interesting. Fear has been a big theme through my whole life. I mean, this is the Fearless Sellers podcast. I was raised based on fear. Like everything with my mom is, Joey, don't do that out of her fear. Her fears for me. Yeah. And so I spent a lot of time in my life. I was an elite gymnast. I had a lot of pressure as a gymnast. Yeah. And there's a lot of fear, especially when you're at a young age and you know you're traveling. Individual or, sport is a uh, yes, yeah. And where does that pressure come from? Me, right? But also there's your your parents, and so my mom on one side was very fear based. I don't I don't think she did a lot of things because of the fear she has. Got it. And my dad pushed me to do everything. Like he'd be like, "What? You're being a wuss. You can do this. You can do this." So on one side is like the fear, like this could go wrong, or you're not going to be happy. This could be a mistake. And then on the other side is watching. My dad be like, get out there and do it. So it was interesting to have both sides, but but that's why I name this fearless sellers. I love it because fear is a big theme in my life, and actually, one of my Amazon brands has the word fearless in it too. Really, um, that's interesting. Uh, uh, there's a safety aspect, right? Yes. There's a safety aspect. Like there's some degree of like being uh, fearful of if I step out in the road, I can get, I can get run over. Like that's healthy and yeah. and a very motherly instinct, right? Yeah. Um, but but yeah, that's interesting. I imagine a lot of uh, uh, gentle conflict between them. On your father's pushing you, your mother wants to pull back, and that, yeah. Yes, yeah, she would have wrapped us all in bubble wrap. And hey, look, I want to wrap my five year old who fell and got stitches for the fourth time yesterday, and I, you know I had to leave the conference yeah. and take him to the ER. I want to wrap him in bubble wrap too, but I catch myself. Yeah. Thinking, do not lead, do not parent in fear. Yeah. How is he? He's doing good. Right. Yeah. I'll probably go see him after this. Yeah. So the leading and being fearless, you are now a great leader and you invest in people and you've taught people to be fearless, but you didn't have that really growing up. And there was some turning point where... You probably didn't have a lot of money, right? And now you had to rely on yourself. Yeah, I I, um, I graduated college and I was going to go to law school. I didn't want to go to law school. I uh, went to a couple different colleges and it just wasn't my thing. Like I would go in for the syllabus. I'd travel around the country. So I always wanted to do different stuff. And I'd come back for midterms and, and I'd study and I tested pretty well. So I'd do fine. And then I'd go back and drive around the country. And So then I graduated and I was, I was going to take off. I was taking off a year before going to law school. But I was trying to find a reason not to go to law school. I was playing in a band, ah. following bands, and uh, just kind of seeing the country. I drove cross country and back, I think, like 14 or 15 times in the year in the year uh, after I graduated, I guess six months before I graduated until six months after. And the engine in the car broke down, and I needed like $531, I think it was, to, for my quarter of the engine to get back on the road. Where did it break down? New Hampshire. I was living living there at the time. Okay. Uh, we had just kind of gotten back home. Um that was home base at the time. 
And so I took a job selling coupons door to door in Boston because it was cash daily. And I, back then you answered ads in the newspaper, right? Right. Um, for all the other soon to be 21 year olds out there, you might not remember this time, but I do. And Joey does too. And, uh, and so it said, you know, we will train sports minded, which I'm still not sure what that means, um, five to $700 a week, five, five to $700 a week, cash paid daily. And I was like, great. So I'll go down there, I'll work for a week, and I'll come back. And right. the marketing word, sports, got you because you were into wrestling totally. and everything. And you're totally. like, sports, whatever, I'll and, sell coupons. And I was always like, I'm so much more sports-minded than I am sports-apt. Like, this, it was, it was <laughs> I perfect. I think in a sports mind. Like, I, I'm, an, I'm like a gold medalist, <laughs> Olympic sports thinker, sports-mindeder. Um, and, so, and so I took this job, and it was selling coupons for like Blockbuster Video and Subway and and I won't bore you the details in the winter in Boston. Oh, right. Um, and people are tough in Boston. It's like it's not you know, yeah. Yeah, you, they are tough. You do this in like rural Alabama. People are like, oh, come on, drink some tea. Like I can't buy it from you, but come and I'll give you like a warm blanket. Boston's like, get the fuck off my porch. Right? It's cold out. Like I'm like, I know I'm outside all day. It's <laughs> negative five. Um, but it was great, and it was it was um, it was character building and. Um, uh, it was competitive, and I like that. You know, there was 25 people in the office, and you could go out and compete against everybody, which is kind of nice. Oh, that's the sports part. That was the sports part. And then, funny enough, the guy who uh, uh, had mentored the guy who was running the business that I started in, he had wrestled at the same weight class at the same college that I wrestled at. Look at that. Right before I got there. Crazy. So he gets up, and he's having a lot of success, and he's talking about how well he's doing. He was like 26 or 27 at the time. And... Uh, and 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 they were they were expanding, and I you know I'd saved my five hundred dollars and my bandmates hadn't gotten a job, so I kept working to get the money for the engine, and then I realized you know I probably should should do my own thing, so needless to say I never went back into that, and a year and a half into that, um, uh, they they gave me my own company. They were expanding all throughout, and so I opened my first company. I was twenty four years old in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was like eighteen months removed from being like a total hippie that didn't own shoes, unlike fish tour playing and playing in a band like at random bars i mean it was really a huge i mean that sounds really fun though <laughs> it was all fun though you know it was <laughs> yeah, all fun like, that's it, the it, problem it was, it was it was all a blast um yeah it, it, was, it was what's the best way to use this portion of time in my life and you know at that time it was that it was going around the country and, and just being free um and then this is the right way i think to do life as an adult is to you know achieve financial independence so you can also again be free and I think that, that a lot of people lose that freedom and never get it back, right? Um, and, uh, and so uh, I, I took to that business and, and I, I built a big business of my own and I, I got to move all over. I moved to England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Spain, Portugal, Italy, Poland. Um, today I have you know, thousands and thousands of um, people in that business and many hundreds of people that I've, I've taught through that business to run their own company. We're in every Walmart and Best Buy in America, uh, just about where we sell electronics in the kiosk, from a kiosk in the electronics section. We have charity fundraisers throughout America, um, raised over $5 billion for charities over the last several years. In Europe, as they would deregulate energy or telecommunications in a country, we'd go in behind them and build a, build a sales team. Um, and it was fun. It was fun. You know, it was, it was training people to think bigger. It was training people to be systematic. It was teaching people that they could be as big as they want to be um, if they believe in it and they apply themselves correctly, you know, inside of a system and still involved in that business today. Um, but have many amazing leaders that have worked with me for, for so long that, 
you know, have, have taken the, the day-to-day over, so to speak, and are doing a fantastic job with it. Well, but it was like an 18-year blur. I just summed up in four Yeah, 18 years of thinking bigger. You were selling coupons from yeah. door to door, yeah. freezing, being told to get off people's porches. Yeah. You were resilient, you kept powering through, and then you built a global company where not only did you run your own business, but you empowered and taught people how to effectively build their businesses. It was cool, I mean, we did some fun stuff. I remember going to Poland and teaching people there where you know it's only like 20 or 30 years removed from communism um, at the time, and uh, I think that's right. And, uh, and, and Nobody I, Google that. Yeah. Every, <laughs> Uh, everybody makes just about the same money, right? So you're making $2,000 a month. If you're kind of new to the job market, you're making $3,000 a month if you're killing it at the time it was. And inside that business, we could teach people how to make that a week sometimes, you know, at the age of 20 doing sales. And uh, just like the, the, I remember we had a meeting in England. We brought 60 people, um, the first 60 people that were in our business in Poland to this big meeting in England. And for 38 of them, it was the first time ever on an airplane. Wow. Right, and like the the the... And where else do you find incredible stories like that? You find those on Amazon. You know, I, I meet I meet Brendan Morris when I first get to my neighborhood in Puerto Rico, and he tells me a story. He was working in a grocery store, cutting meat and cheese, and then three years later, he sold his business for eight figures on yeah. Amazon. That's like that's, that's it wild. is it is wild. That's one of the reasons I like coaching. And a previous episode on this podcast is an Uber driver. We call him Uber driver John. That's amazing. He was Jamie's Uber driver. And he asked Jamie what he was doing. So it was like a Wednesday and he was going to his son's lacrosse game in Delaware or somewhere they had traveled to. And, you know, luckily Jamie opened up and was like, hey, Amazon coaching program. Uber driver John gets in the program. I get to coach him within three weeks getting his product up, he's already sold $10,000 in his first three weeks. How good does that feel? It felt great. It felt like I was making the $10,000 in that three Maybe better, right? Yeah, it felt way better. Yeah, because when I first started selling my products, I got really excited but nervous. And then when I saw him do it, I got that same excited, but I know the path ahead. Totally. And I was like, you're on your way. Same with kids. Yeah, and in your coaching program, it's you know it ends up being almost that same that same thing, and like what a great way to go through life where where there's success stories across that like you know across that group of people every day and like that that just feeds the you know we get we get stories back from 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 our customers um, use our software at 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 how at how you know recovered a hundred thousand here became more profitable launched this campaign. Um, and or just just exited their business and got a higher multiple because we helped them recover profit or whatever, and you, you know those stories. You could be you could be on forty five minutes sleep, you could be totally jet lagged. You could have had I don't know things go wrong in your day, and that and and that completely resets your mindset to such a positive and exciting place. And and as you know, as you start coaching more and more people, in all probability you're just going to have those moments over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and it keeps you going. Totally. And, and you see it. How many softwares do you have now? Uh, 16, I believe. 16? Yeah. Yeah, so those are a lot of success stories, and they're all different. Like, you, you know, in my selling story, I ran out of inventory five times, and then when I went to sell my business, I had to realize I think it was a, somewhere around $75,000 that 
I left on the table because I had been out of stock. Well, think if I had forecasted properly or used sure. So Stocked, which is one of the Carbon Six companies now, you know, hey, that's seventy five thousand dollars when you put that against the multiple that you get when you're selling, it's a lot more than seventy five thousand. Totally agree. Yeah, we just started doing a, a full scale audit where we audit for profit recovery for reimbursements and PPC campaigns and if you should be running, you know, off Amazon ads um, with Pixel Me and, and, and So Stocked. And uh, it's amazing just some of the numbers that we're seeing, you know. And it, and it's interesting because sometimes people don't they don't view it the way that you view it, which is really, you know, you could be losing four percent, but if your but if your net margin is twenty percent, you're not losing four percent, you're losing one sixth, whatever that is. You're losing you know sixteen seventeen percent, yeah. um, and and then you multiply that times whatever your exit multiple is. That's real money. It's it's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And those were. You know, my exit was my exit. Everybody has their story. But when you start building your business backwards, that is also why two things. One, it's awesome that there are so many softwares now to help you along the way from the beginning or from when you're starting at that tipping point to see the growth to come in so that you don't make those mistakes. And then also, it's like, coaching, I just want to see people set everything up with the exit in mind. Even if they want to hold on to the business, it's like, okay, but one day somebody might come in and there's a price for everything, y'all. Don't tell me you're going to run your business forever and hand it down to your children because there is a price for everything. Totally. Yeah, for sure there is. Yeah, I agree. That's great. That's great. Uber driver John, it was? Yeah. Awesome. Uber driver John. What a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to bring him back on to keep following up. But I'm the, excited to watch the episode. Yeah. You'll have yeah. to check it out. But, you know, that's why we we do this business. And I've learned a lot of that from you. But now knowing your whole past with building all of that, that you did learn it, but it it's also like innate to you. And then you said, OK, I, I also give to charities. So tell me about that. So I give to a lot of charities. The, the direct sales businesses, we we do charity fundraising. So it's like a, oh, okay. the, the same way that they acquire donors through TV. They acquire donors through mail. They acquire donors through digital. They also acquire donors through face-to-face. And so we have a few thousand um, sales reps, uh, uh, charity representative, representatives who acquire donors um, for the charities. So, so if you're walking in downtown Austin and there's someone there for the Humane Society, they're saying for a dollar a day, you can make a big difference for $30 a month. We, we do that. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, that's also a very competitive because I was on the board of Make-A-Wish for Central Texas Yeah, cool. for three years. And that was quite a learning experience. I think that might be the, the coolest charity. We, we have a bunch of different you know, charities that, that we love to give to. Um, as well. And, and yeah, you got to give back. And you've been on this entrepreneurial path for a while. And you are, you're fast. I mean, you move fast, you build fast, you're very meticulous. How do you avoid burnout? I think that overall health is very important. Um, I, 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 I work very diligently and with a lot of discipline to be free, which is ultimately really my big motivation. And, um, you know, I do like 24,000 steps a day average. I, I, Where uh, are you walking to? 
well, I have a beautiful neighborhood. So I walk around a lot. You've been there, and and then and then I have a standing desk with like with a walking pad. Ah, that's it. With a walking pad, and it's awesome actually. Um, that's really caught on in Carbon Six. There's I don't know ten, fifteen, maybe more people that now have walking pads, and we do our all hands. Okay, now I want to work there if I get a walking pad. It's super cool, and you know, try to eat well, and I run every day, and I do a sauna, and I do cryotherapy. So I, I mean, I do a lot of things, and then I just try to live a really honest life where I have as little um, weighing down my conscience as humanly possible. So just try to be as clean as I possibly can to keep um, everything in sync. And if I if I do that and try to get a reasonable amount of sleep, that's what I could do a whole lot better with. Um, and if I do that, you know, I find that I don't, I don't really, I don't really burn out. I think, um, yeah, I don't, it doesn't, I, I don't, maybe for 20 minutes here and there, you know? Yeah. I, I, there's definitely times where more extroverted tasks versus introverted, introverted tasks. Like there's definitely times where, um, where I do more backend stuff right where if i feel like my battery is is out and i don't get there very often because i love people and they give me tons of energy but there are some times where you know i just shuffle to a different part of my business to focus on make it feel like it's a different job make it feel like it's a different job um but yeah i think i think that it it's the goal i think always has to be to preempt a strike negative outcomes rather than try to overturn them right like in sales you would say it's always easier to print or strike a negative than it is to overturn a negative like when somebody gives the objective uh, the objection like when if my wife says to me hey we really have to talk like i, I screwed it up four steps ago like the, the problem like we're, we're we're already to we're already we're now we're in damage control versus damage pre- prevention and so i think i spend an, an inordinate amount of time focusing on damage prevention when it comes to my physical health my mental health my energy, my ability to to be who I need to be for everyone in my life that I need to be that for. That's great advice. And I'm really into books about boundaries. Cool. And I think boundaries in business, relationships, friendships, life with yourself helps with the damage prevention. Because when you respect boundaries, of everybody and you know those hard lines where like for my business uh, with Jamie, right? I know where I stop and where he begins. Makes sense. And that is something that I, I set boundaries for that. So I like your insight and your perspective. Justin, before we say goodbye, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Is there anything else I'd like to share? I, I think, um, look, I, I, I just hope that the message is it's it's within your control get after it and go for it and and there there's no limit there's just there's there's no limit you only live once you don't want to have any regrets and uh you know i love i love being in this community it's been amazing the last 25 months getting to know so many people um you know we're at events all over the planet all over the all the time so you know i want to meet as many people as possible and 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 specifically for 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 your group, you know that you're coaching that they're they're very lucky, you know. I, off camera, hearing you speak about them and what you're doing and how important it is to you, and and you're coming from such a place of credibility because you've done it, um, you know that's not that's certainly not uh, not everybody has the fortune that your students do, and hopefully they realize how lucky they are. Thank you, Justin. Well, I want to say thank you so much 
for coming on the podcast and for being open and honest and everything that you've done for the Amazon community and just all around for entrepreneurs. I think you are a wonderful human. Thanks, Joey. It means a lot. Appreciate it. And I hope to have you back on again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And until next time, stay fearless. If you're already selling on Amazon or you're looking to get started and you want my help, go to amzfearless.com to book a free strategy selling session. We can see if we can help you out. That's amzfearless.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. Until next time, stay fearless.